The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Eric Kruger's joining us on this Thursday with Smart Yield out of Kearney, Nebraska. We look at the markets mixed to lower trade then the markets at least on the corn and the beans brought themselves back into positive territory but a wasdy report can we blame that for the swing and the prices that we saw today eric yeah i think that's you know of course that's a, on the forefront and that's what drove us today and um you know nothing too surprising i guess you would say it might be a little surprised to see wheat down at the end of the day and really 13 14 cents off their highs but uh, other than that um you know kind of right in the ranges we've been in but we did get some on some numbers that's for sure let's look at those numbers and as you digest i'm going to start with soybeans because that's the elephant in the room big numbers is what they came out with this report yeah big numbers big world numbers and big u.s numbers you know if you look look at the u.s the trade was thinking a big number and the the number is actually a little lower than what the trade was guessing the trade was guessing in that 53.3 area and we came in at 53.1 uh, bigger than last month still, but production actually for the U.S. was lowered a little bit because of a little bit of shift in acres, but still big numbers, big world numbers. We've got, you know, ending stocks for world soybeans looking in this, you know, 110 million ton area versus, you know, 108 last month, and the trade was guessing 109 and a half, so we're, we're eating some big numbers here on beans, and we're demand pick up at some point if we're going to see beans continue to kind of, I think, hold these areas or, or rally up. As we always um, seem to after a WASD report, Folks question it. They question the numbers. They wonder, especially with these soybeans, are there really the numbers out there in the fields all across the Midwest? Yeah, that's that's always the biggest question. And, you know, the nice part is, is usually we get that answer. But the, the unfun part is it's not till January. So I, I think hopefully this will this will be the biggest number we see um if you look at some of the issues in the north with snow and we look at the excess moisture across the country um we will get the crops out it's gonna it's really gonna depend here over the next you know couple months on what type of crop we get out though i think we know we've got a big crop but if it stays above 53 maybe it moves higher but you know hopefully it it doesn't hopefully this is kind of the area that that we can build in as a market and, and if it's lower then hopefully that's all positive news well that's what we definitely continue to see is, is the fluctuation and the issues that have been thrown at this crop, not only just soybeans, but corn as well. We've got ex- excessive amounts of moisture from the south all the way up into the Dakotas. Now I've seen lots of pictures of snow on the fields and then those close-up photos that just break your heart of beans that are sprouting. And it's tough because these guys work all year. Uh, and then to have it happen, of course, in the last, you know, the last quarter of the games, would you say the last two minutes and, and to not get them out before harvest and have that happen, it's it's difficult and it's hard for guys. Um, you know, and, and I think over on corn, maybe that was the surprise, uh, having, a, having our yield come down a little bit from what the trade was guessing quite a bit about a bushel less than what the trade thought. And then, have uh, you know, almost a little over half a bushel from where we were last month. So still a big number on corn, of course, bigger than, you know, four a bushel is still bigger than last year and um, and the biggest crop we've ever had looking at is the U.S. But uh, I think that's what propelled the corn market up a little bit is having a little lower bushel number, a little lower production number, and hopefully we can kind of see maybe this confirm that we're going to kind of hold this area, if not move a little higher. And as we know, the the weather that we've dealt with was not in this report because this report was as of October 1st. Do you expect or have you heard the talk of maybe some possible changes come the next report? 
Yeah, we don't know. We can be hopeful. Um, I, I will say the effect's probably going to be more on beans than corn. Um, you see and you hear about a lot more issues uh, with the bean market with this moisture than we have corn. And I know there's some stuff, but it seems like ears are holding pretty well this early. But it is early. Knock on wood, we don't have an event happen like we had last year. Or hopefully, but hopefully we can continue to uh, not see the moisture, get an open harvest. And if you look at the two to three week forecast, it looks like really across the majority of the Midwest, we're going to be able to advance harvest. And as we know, with, with the improvements in equipment and, and just technology and our efficiency and everything else, we'll, we'll move through harvest pretty well, hopefully. And I'm sure we'll start to see the and hear the numbers of damage once Hurricane Michael kind of wanes and heads back out into the ocean to be able to see where we're at. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's just so unfortunate. And you look at where it poured a bunch more rain. And, you know, I think you know, the biggest crops affected will be, you know, cotton and then maybe the bean market too. But it's just a, it's a terrible scenario for them down there. Anything else on the WASD report before we look at the rest of the grain complex? I think we just need to, to, to step back and take a, take a big look at it and know that we do have a large supply in the, for world Indian stocks and the U.S. Indian stocks um, aren't burdensome, burdensome, but with a big soybean number, uh, the core numbers uh, is, is larger than what we thought we maybe could have had halfway through the growing season, but it, it's, it's what we have to go with, and hopefully we can see some demand come in, see some momentum pick up in this market. Well, Eric, we saw the weekly ethanol report show production up once again, up by about 25,000 barrels per day. With all this E15 talk and then news coming out this afternoon that Casey's gas stations are going to be the top retailer for E15, there's some positive news that's being thrown out at the producer. It is, and it's, it's really positive because locally, you know, locally here in the Midwest, Casey's, uh, that's that's fun for us to see. And I think, I, think we, I, I try and pump the brakes a little bit until we really do see that pr- production. Um, of course, right now it's great news, but until we see that actually come onto the demand side and actually really see that move through, um, I, I think either way it's good news. And, and any positive news can help this market, especially as we're hoping we may be forged a low or as we're as in that time of year we'll be forged our lows. Um, any, any good news is, is always helps. As we look to our, our farmers to the to the south of Brazil and South America, obviously early plantings are underway. It's been quiet, really, except for a little bit of weather talk here and there. So it must be an uneventful planting for them. It seems to be pretty uneventful. When you look at, there wasn't really any changes uh, on the report today to, to speak of for South America, whether, you know, so I think as we go, hopefully um, we'll get some more updates, but right now it's pretty quiet down there. All right, well, stick around, folks. we got more coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell for you on this Thursday afternoon. We, of course, looked at the WASD report. We'll find out the happenings of the livestock market. Did they react at all to this WASD numbers that came out? And, of course, other issues that are happening within the trade that we need to be uh, uh, looking at. Some consumer questions, or excuse me, producer questions as well that we will toss in there. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Eric Kruger joins us with Smart Yield out of Kearney, Nebraska. Eric, I kind of hinted as we went to break talking a, a question coming from a producer. And we do talk a lot on the Fontenelle Final Bell about when we should sell grain. Should we be selling it off the combine, making those hedges but let's look at it from a livestock producer who doesn't grow that grain and needs to make the purchases. What should we be doing this time of year as we head into the rest of the fall months? Uh, yeah, that's a great question, and that's something we, we work with our guys a lot. 
you know, not giving up the value of grain to, to work against the, the feed costs. And, you know, one of the things we we're talking about through break is hedging those feed costs. And I think that's one, it's an important thing to look at right now. And it's the time of year where usually when we talk about form and lows in the grain market and, and looking for upside to come in with demand, uh, as a feeder on that side of it, you need to really be, be thinking about hedging those feed costs or putting a position on in place to protect the upside on those costs. If we can lock in a lower cost of gain like we can right now um, with a positive spin on this USDA report we had today, it looks like we could see some more support into that grain market. I think it's a really good time for guys to come in, um, get a good estimate on what you're going to feed over the next six to eight months and put put upside protection in place uh, to really lock in that cost. Well, and I think there's just as there is on the on the grain side, there's nervousness of, of making the purchase and then seeing the price drop and looking at what you could have saved yourself. It is, and I think that's that's on the side where you know a lot of guys to protect their feed costs use options to do it because of that. Because usually um, we might we might see the futures move, but your local cash market doesn't move as much in case you need that cost. But I think I think the easiest way to do it is to get with somebody like ourselves or a different professional and, and go through those scenarios and see what you can really do to help yourself save on those costs. As you come to push in pencil the paper, what is some information that you want them to bring in when they sit down to have that discussion? Yeah, if you're going to sit down and have that discussion, you really need to have a really solid estimate on, on the amount of the amount of cattle, of course, the number of heads you're going to feed, uh, what you're looking at, on what you're trying to put on as far as that gain, and then we can really pencil it down to uh, what we need as far as bushel savings. Well, speaking of feeding cattle, has started to see a bit of development today, but it's pretty quiet for a Thursday. It is pretty quiet. You know, the, the cattle market all of a sudden has, has gotten it to a place that we haven't seen for a little while, and that's where we've got all of a sudden this futures premium over cash. You know, we've seen cash in this 109 to 110 area, and all of a sudden we've got October um, October cattle trade trading up into this 112 to 113 area. So um, been as high as 114, there's a huge premium out to December, and I think that's going to really incentivize guys to hold cattle, maybe add more weight to them, which is kind of a catch-22 for that market, but you we, we see it happen, and I think that's going to kind of put a lid, lid on cattle right now. Are we going to continue at least the rest of this week into early next week seeing some light to moderate pressure on this cattle market? It, it looks that way, and then I say that, and, you know, you look at the screen, and we saw the front months of cattle up 50 to 75 cents between October and December, and over on the feeders, front months were up as well. But I think I think those weights are out there, and that's the, the potential for adding to that is a little bit, um, a little bit burdensome. And then you look at, you know, our funds. You look at the money side of this, and we had a pretty negative few days over in the stock market that always seems to be reflected into the cattle market. Um, there's a big net long position. Um, that the funds hold in cattle. And if we see liquidation out of that, like we think that could push this market even further. Can we do some banking with that WASD report on those corn numbers for our feeder cattle? Um, I think so. I, I think that, that we could we can, at least like we just talked, use, mm-hmm. use some of these numbers to help lock in some, some costs, that's for sure. Over to the hogs, uh, light trade was seen on those contracts for the October. What's going on with this market? It seems like it doesn't have a happy medium. It really doesn't. And, you know, October comes off tomorrow, so we've kind of kind of write that away. It'll be interesting to see where it comes off the board. But, you know, we keep hearing news about more swine fever, um, and I think that's going to keep continuing to support those further deferred markets, getting out to that June contract out in the next summer. But up front here, um, 
we're kind of in a scenario where that cash market um, needs to probably come back a little closer to the futures market. There's there's a huge discount to cash, and it's much larger than we usually see on that December contract. We need to see that come back together a little bit because uh, beef's as cheap as it's been, and chickens as cheap as it's been for a while. So it's going to be hard to get through this big supply that we have if we keep the cash market as strong as it is. I was wondering about that with with everything that is going on and you look at the grocery counter movement, there's a lot of factors on this hog market to compete with the other proteins. It, it really is. And I, I think that's something that we kind of forget when we look at it. But, you know, the, the hogs and pitch report are, wasn't as burdensome as we thought it was going to be when it comes to supply, but we still have a burdensome supply. It's, it's still big enough that we, we need to bring these prices down a little bit to continue to move the product so we don't get in a scenario where we do build up a huge stock. There's lots of stuff to think about, lots of things factoring in as we head towards the weekend. For those producers out there want to sit down, want to talk, grain, livestock, combination of the two, what's the best way to get either hold of you or Troy at Smart Yield? You can call us at the office at 308-234-6805, or you can go to mysmartyield.com. Thanks so much. Eric Kruger is joining us with Smart Yield out of Kearney, Nebraska. This Fontenelle Final Bell will be podcast later on this afternoon for your listening pleasure as you get ready to fields. It is being brought to you by Fontenelle and your local Fontenelle dealer. This is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.